everyone and Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, as a caveat, before I get too far into my episode, if you're coming here for some reprieve from the holiday blues, I, I don't think I'm going to be it, at least not on this episode. Uh, I don't really have anything lighthearted or jovial to, you know, to give away in this episode. This this is more just a an oration episode where I got some things that I want to get off my chest and things that I want to talk about with you guys. And, and that's what this is going to be. And I'm sorry that I don't have anything more lighthearted and more festive for you. I've been racking my brain and trying, doing whatever I can to get in, in the festive spirit, doing a lot of things to pull nostalgia out of me and and bring back some of that youthful glee towards the season. And it's uh, it's not really been hugely successful. Fleetingly successful, yes, for sure. But um, there's a weight to this time of year for me and it and and it's it's a weight that's been there since that that predates my mom and predates my my diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder and predates my separation from from my spouse and predates a lot of things and a it's a sadness at christmas time has been there for quite a long time for me and um the the thing that's different about this christmas is that i'm tackling all of that and a lot of these these new realizations as well, sober and um, with the full capability of my mind. And uh, if if anything has been shown via my blog or my podcast, it's that my mind is powerfully sinister at times. Whether I want it to be or not, it's I mean more often uh, more often than not. You know, I, I don't want it to be, um, but I, I mean, man, I woke up to, I woke up this morning, really depressed, really sad. I honestly, if there was a light switch to the outside, I would have, I would have flicked it down. I would have turned it off and I would have gone right back to bed, but that's not the case. The, the world goes on. The world moves on even when you don't want to. And, uh, and that's what happened. Yeah. I, I woke up. Not from a nightmare. It wasn't a night. It wasn't a pleasurable dream by any means, but it wasn't a nightmare in the traditional sense of, of how I how I have my nightmares. It was a just an unsettling and and just, oh, it was just sad. It was just a really sad dream. It was. Um, I mean, this. I, it's a dream that when I woke up, I had tears in my eyes, actual tears, as though I as though I'd been crying. The way that I was in my dream. Because in my dream, I was heartbroken. I was crushed. I was I was destroyed, and I felt that pain in the real when I woke up. And when I woke up and I looked around and started to gain my bearings and started to come back to earth, the one thing that I saw that became poignantly hurtful was the Christmas tree. The one thing that I bought to give me glimmers of hope and glimmers of nostalgia towards the season reminded me of just kind of why I'm sad and it's it's for a myriad of different reasons and I'm not saying the Christmas tree is bad because as the day has progressed and as I sit here now talking to you I have the Christmas tree illuminated in all of its relucent glow and and it's and it's beautiful and I love it I I do I really love it 
But this morning, seeing it, uh, it was just sort of a, a stab, a dag in the heart or a dagger in the heart. You know, it was just one of those things. When I woke up this morning, it was it was from a really bad dream or a really sad dream. And, and the the nefarious nature of that dream was that I was, uh, it was a, it was one of those kind of, I mean, dreams are hard to piece together at the best of times. Uh, some of my dreams are very easy. Uh, this one was more of your typical styled dream, kind of all over, you know, sort of free flowing, you know, ephemeral in parts. But the one thing that stands out, the one thing that I remember clearly was that I was over at, at someone's house. I was over at a relative of Colin's house. And for those of you who don't know who Colin is, he is... A dear, dear friend of mine, somebody that I consider a brother, somebody that I consider blood, somebody that I served with in the in the army, and he's also someone that died in Afghanistan while serving us, serving the country, and in my dream I was over at a relative's house, a relative of his, and, um, and I was sitting on the couch, and it was Christmas time, the lights were everywhere, it looked beautiful. And I could smell cookies. I could smell somebody was baking cookies. I could smell that. Um, and I remember, I remember my dream thinking how beautiful it was, but how uncomfortable I felt. I felt like I didn't belong there. I felt like I, I, that I didn't want to be there. And I certainly didn't want to partake in the event that was coming up next. And what was coming up next was a family member of his sitting down beside me with a photo album. Showing me pictures of Colin when he was younger, when he was a teenager, when he was wearing his Taekwondo outfit, right up until the last picture that was taken of him. And um, and I, I remember when it got to that picture, I, I was remarking how just how proud he looked. And I, and I broke, I broke down in the dream. I started crying. I, I, like I, I remember I fell from the couch to the floor. I was on my knees and I was bawling my eyes out and nobody was comforting me. The, their family members just kind of looked at me. Um, and it felt as though they were like, well, yeah, this is your fault. You should cry. And, uh, I know that none of his family would ever do that. And I know that, that it's not my fault. Uh, well, I tell myself that I know, but I logically I know. Logically, the logic brain knows that it's not my fault. But there's there's a really strong and at times pernicious emotional side that that thinks and feels different. And I I'm a big promoter in in facts over feelings. A lot of times I steal from Ben Shapiro and say, facts don't care about your feelings. And I believe objectively, fact-wise, I would find that it was not my fault, but it's harder to mute the emotional side of me. And uh, I remember in the dream, I I got up to leave. I got up to run away and uh, I started moving. But I couldn't go any further than the coffee table. I made it to about the coffee table, which was about eight inches or so in front of me. And then my feet wouldn't move. My feet just stopped moving. They stopped working. Almost as though I'd been cemented in place. 
And I remember looking down at my feet and becoming enraged, yelling at them, telling them to move, telling them to work, screaming and crying and just a a torrential downpour of emotion that was melting from my face. And I was... I was pulling at my at my knees to try and and motivate my feet to move, and I, I and nothing was working. And and then his family was kind of standing around me, saying, "What's wrong with you? What's going on? What's happening? What's ha- what's going on? What can we do? What can we do?" And um, and then panic set in because I couldn't move, and I was in this situation that I didn't want. To, I just wanted to hide. I didn't want to be there. I just wanted to be. I wanted to be hidden away. I didn't want anyone to see me. I didn't want anyone to be around me. I just wanted to go and cry and mourn my friend, but I couldn't move. I couldn't go anywhere. And then I woke up. And when I woke up, I felt tears. I felt like the cool ambient air telling my skin that I had tears on my face. And I I, I reached up with my hand and, and sure enough, my face was wet and damp. And I wiped the, the tears away and and then I, I looked down at my feet and the blanket that I had been, you know, covered by when I went to sleep was just in a twisting, tangled, intertwining mess with my legs. I must have been thrashing or kicking and, and that's the sensation I was feeling, that my legs were tied in somewhere and they were they were tied in by my blankets and then that's when I saw the Christmas tree and that's when I you know I started thinking about a lot of the juxtapositions between Christmas the jovial sort of nature of Christmas the the high spirits of Christmas in in comparison to what I've what I've seen what I've experienced with Christmas it's hard to as a paramedic especially it's hard to Go to a house on Christmas where somebody is dead for whatever reason, see the decorations of the holiday, and then see a dead body within that, that you know, decorated ambience of, of Christmas. For me, it's hard to, to just look at a Christmas tree and see a Christmas tree and enjoy it for what it is. I'm not saying it's impossible. And I'm, I'm getting better at it. But for a long time, even like back when I was working and I was with and I was with my, my ex, you know, and we would buy a Christmas tree and we'd decorate. And it, it was great. It was fun. You know, it was it was an amazing time to do that. Uh, it, you know, it felt like it, it felt natural. You know, it felt like, you know, I'm, I've met this woman and I, I'm progressing through the way things progress through in relationships. This is awesome. But then I remember nights where either she would be working or she would just be out or or whatever. And I would be sitting on the couch with our fireplace going and I'd have a, a scotch in my hand, you know, hearing the, the ice crack and melt against itself in the glass. And and I would see the Christmas tree and I would I'd remember the dead body that was there. The dead body that I worked on a couple days ago or or even a few hours ago. And, and, and so for me, there's always a part of Christmas that's, that to me I feel has been ruined or at least exposed. A, a part of Christmas that's been exposed. And, and that's how it always felt to me. So the, and there was always a heaviness that way, but there was always a, a bigger heaviness in the fact that for me, Christmas has always been about family. 
idealistically, not my family, not like it, it fa- just like the idea of family, you know, the sort of the sitcom flavor of, of Christmas, you know, where everyone's sitting around, they, they love each other and they're happy to see each other and their lives are on hold for just those few moments where they're sitting around carving up a turkey, laughing and, and all their problems melt away beneath the festivities of the season. Yeah, that's idealistically how I viewed Christmas and and the reality of, of Christmas for me was Colin is dead, you know, and Starker is dead. Eichlenboom is dead. Greg is dead. And I would always, I, rem- I would always think of their families at some point over Christmas, whether it was Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Boxing Day. Mostly it was the days leading up to Christmas, but I would think of their families and I would think of the tremendous sense of loss that they must feel. And then I would think about the random people that I'd been to on the ambulance, the, the random homes that I'd been to, and, I, and watching people just melt into grief, disintegrate before, before my eyes, and they would just fall to the floor. And I would think about these people and the tremendous loss that they must be feeling. And I almost felt selfish in having any sort of guilt-free happiness at Christmas. And so for a long time, Christmas was, was steeped in, in, or it had, it had a sliver of sadness and it was a sliver that just got infected and festered. And so it got a little more potent each year. And especially with more call volume and with the infidelity of my, my spouse. And I, you know, one Christmas I woke up to, to her phone going off and and on her phone were these messages from a guy talking about how good she gives blowjobs, how great it felt. And he was thanking her for the blowjobs. I was absolutely crushed and completely obfuscated. I was like, this can't, I'm not reading this. I have to be reading this wrong. And when she came out of the bathroom and I confronted her with it, she just hit me with a, she's like, oh, he's talking about his ex. He addressed you by name. Well, his, his ex's name is that too. He spelled it your way, which is not super common. I know it was weird. And there was no real care. There was no real, oh shit, I just got caught with something. There was nothing. And I, I, so the more those things happen, the more work related incidents happen, the more the, the extramarital things happen. And then always in the background, Colin, Starker, Boomer, Greg, you know, it's, when I was with her, it was, you know, Colin Starker and, and, and Boomer. Greg hadn't passed yet. And, um, but I remember I would always, I would always think to that loss and I'd be like, man, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine what that loss would feel like. I couldn't imagine that empty space, how that would feel, how terrible that must feel. I mean, from, from that day going forward, any time that you set up a Christmas table for dinner, there's always that, that one plate that is not going to be used, the, the drink glass that's going to remain empty. And it's just a placeholder now for, for the end of, to, from now to the end of time. It's, it's not, no, nobody can sit there. Nobody can fix it. Nobody, can, it's just there now. And, and I, I, I always carried that level of sadness. So for me, Christmas always had a bit of sadness to it. And waking up the way I did this morning, 
reignited that for me. And, and typically the way I dealt with sadness in the past was to try and get rid of it, to try and drown it, to try and, to try and replace it with something else. And that replacement was typically drinking till you were comfortably numb, feeling that warm tingle that kind of just sank itself into your body. That kind of, that heat that was in the back of your head, that, that, that numb of being buzzed. And that's what I would do. That was my, that was my go-to. That was my medicine, or at least that's what I thought I was doing. I thought, you know, it, it takes the edge off, right? I mean, and you know, alcohol on TV and in, and in society in general, here, have a drink, take the edge off, take the edge off. And it's true. It, it has, you know, it has its place in normal society, but I grossly misused it for a number of years. And this, this year, as well as, as well as last year, feeling that tremendous sense of loss, that empathy towards it for the people that I knew, I finally experienced it. I felt it for myself because my mom died. My mom died just before Christmas of 2017. And that first Christmas, I i mean, I was drunk off my ass for that entirety of the season. And so I, I tried to not feel as, as much as I could. And... But I, I had a... I was like, instead of having a wistful empathy towards towards what what they were must have been experiencing i was like yeah fuck i get it guys cheers fucking i get it brass fucking glass raised i get it i get it and i do i do i i fully understand and it sucks and it really sucks and it sucks right now because as I was turning in to go to bed tonight, I turned and I, I looked at my tree and I was reaching for the handle to, to toggle the lights, to turn the lights off. And I had this thought burrow through my brain from back to front, slamming against my forehead. And it was, you are never going to see your mother at Christmas again. Just the same as you're never going to see Colin. You will never have a beer with him again. You will never, ever shake hands with Starker. And you know that because you shook hands with his wife. As he lay in a casket right behind you. And I was hit with a wave. A huge wave of crushing sadness because for the first time, those thoughts were heard loud, clear, and sober. And it is devastating. And it is hard to find any Yuletide Carol in that. And so tonight, here I sit, in front of a microphone, trying to keep my composure so that I don't have to pause and possibly 
fuck up the audio. <clears throat> Christmas is hard. And it's going to be hard for the next little while. I'm also very fortunate. I try to tell myself those things too. I had uh, I had a couple of really good friends come over tonight. They uh, they were pretty much seething at the teeth to come over, <laughs> and that I'm not saying that is a bad thing. It's just that their level of excitement is um, it's kind of funny because they they bought me a Christmas gift, and their excitement was. Well, it was basically because they wanted to see me open the damn gift. You know, you know, like how parents are excited to see their kids open the gift. That's that was like them. They were excited to watch me open their gift. And um, and it felt good because, you know, I know that I'm blessed. I got a lot of I got a lot of good people in my life. I, I had a, a good friend of mine, a girl text me today. Her name is Jess. And she invited me out with her and her boyfriend, Jack. Jack's a good friend of mine, too. And, uh, and you know, they, they invited me out. And I, I had said I was waiting for a package from Amazon, which is not a lie. I was waiting. But when the package did finally arrive, I didn't text her back to let her know it was here and that I was now free. I didn't I, I didn't text her. I didn't because I, I was still trying to find the light switch to the outside. I still, I still wanted to turn the lights off for a while. And I think that the twins were picking up on that energy. So they were really kind of pushing the issue to, to come over. And, uh, and I, I, you know, hook, line and sinker, I bit. So they came over and, you know, and they, they gave me these gifts and they're incredible gifts. Uh, so thoughtful, you know, things that I didn't even, you know, think I needed. These guys are, um, yeah, they're incredible. They're absolutely incredible, and uh, I couldn't I couldn't be more grateful. You know, I I I miss my brothers. You know, Stalker, Colin, Andrew, Greg. There's a lot. There's a lot of people I miss. Mom, but I have I have to recognize. The goodness that I have still in my life. You know, I, I got a friend of mine, his name is John. And uh, and he, you know, he lives out in Alberta and he, and he messages me about his hockey game and because he plays video games like I do. And But he, he's hilarious, actually. He's, he's a really funny guy. And uh, <laughs> so, like, he texts me these random funny things. And it's, uh, you know, it, it lightens my mood sometimes just by listening to him talk or, you know... Um, the the humor that that permeates from the screen is uh is is a gift in and of itself you know and i i got people to check in on me and i'm lucky i'm a fortunate guy i know that and so i don't want i don't want this to come across as like a pity party because i don't want it to be one it's just that uh, you know for the first time in in a long time i'm just i'm just i'm feeling um i i think i'm i'm feeling stuff uh and some of it is uh potent oh fuck it's potent and it's hard it's really hard it's difficult but um i use these things to remind myself that i that i'm also very lucky beyond lucky 
that I, that I couldn't be more lucky, I don't think. You know, but then there's always something that seems to, to, to throw a wrench into positivity for me. And that's a perception thing, and it's probably a skewed perception. It's probably a cognitive distortion. I'm sure if I referred to the list that I got in therapy the other day, I'm sure that I could find what's going on on there. You know, but uh, so the the twins came over, they gave me their gift, and then they said, "You want to go out for dinner?" And I said, "Yes, let's do that." And uh, and it's you know it was around seven at night, seven thirty, and so the place we were going to go to. Uh, our typical usual place, jam-packed, packed full. There was a live band in there, and there were just waves of people. And I was like, nope, not doing that. I'm not, I can't go in there. And now it's time to make another, like, where we're going to go now. So we walked up uh, a couple more a couple more blocks, or a couple more feet, I should say, and to the next bar, because we live in a fairly populated uh, entertainment district. And so we went up to the next bar, Chock-a-block full. And then we walk down to the other. Basically, we're running out of re- we're running out of bars at this point, and and it's all me. It's all like I can't, it's too busy. I can't because the, I don't have a booth near the back. I can't because I can't sit and see the door. I can't, I can't, I can't. And my mind is going crazy. It was going absolutely insane. And then I started noticing people on the sidewalks. I started noticing people walking close to us. And I, I just, so I became vigilant, hyper vigilant. And, and so I started spiraling and I tried to, I, I recognized that that was happening. I was able to see and feel that that was going on. So I tried to ground myself. I actually leaned up against one of the buildings and there was like a little brick ledge, uh, from where the window is. And I sat on that and I put my hand on the brick and I felt how cold it was. And I, I gently rubbed my fingers along the craggy tips of the, the imperfections to the brick. And I, I tried to to bring myself in, in, in. I'm on a sidewalk. I've been here a bunch of times before. We're good. We're good. And I, I tried to do that. And it started to work. But then I started getting angry at myself. I started calling myself an idiot. Yeah, you fucking idiot. You're about to ruin. You're about to ruin this night for you. And, and these. you're about to ruin these guys night. You know, they, they're having all the patience in the world with you right now and you're about to ruin their fucking evening and they just they just gave you great gifts and and now look at you. You can't even go to sleep properly, you fucking putz. You woke up crying this morning, you fucking child. And the and, and so those things they started they just started bleeding their poisonous ink into my brain and my brain started pumping it through my veins and it, it just it it started to spread. It was becoming ubiquitous within me. And I, man, it's, I'm not good at combating that because the negative things about me, the negative things that I say, feel, or, or hear somebody else say about me around me make sense to me because it's how I've talked to myself for, I think my entire life. It's something I, I'm used to hearing the bad voice. You know, I, in, I'm used to experiencing the bad things, the things that, you know, the irksome things. And so it makes sense. And, uh, and so I buy, I buy into them. I give them weight. I give them heft and I give them permission. And I, I know it's not right. And I know it's something I need to work on. But right now in this moment tonight, I'm not going to be fixed in, in a matter of hours. So it was hard. 
It was really, really difficult. And uh, we did find a place to eat. We did. And uh, and fortunately for us, when the waitress sat us, it was in a, a section of the bar where I could see the exits. And my back was against the wall. And I felt okay. So there's a win there. But uh, that sadness... Uh, it's still there, you know, and, and the the thoughts of my brothers and their family, that's still there. And my thoughts towards my own family and their sadness, because if I'm sad, they're definitely sad too. I mean, it's our mom. And, and so there's just a lot of thoughts towards that. And that means that there's not a lot of wiggle room towards you know happy festivus i i you know what i did guys i um my mom used to make sausage rolls and pasties and stuff every year for for christmas and so what i did was i i, I went to m&m meats and i i just went to take a look at what they had there and i found a bunch of little finger foods stuff that you can just throw in the oven and i found sausage rolls and they're going to be terrible in comparison to my mother's i know that because nothing is ever going to taste like my mother's extravagantly perfect sausage rolls. You know, my brother and I would come home many a night, fucking shit-tanked, liquor-drunk, plowing through the freezer, warming up sausage rolls, and then when it came time to Christmas, and my mom would remove the sausage rolls from the freezer, and it was half full. <laughs> and she'd be like, who the fuck's been in my sausage rolls then? Is that you, Matthew? I was like, no. Uh, no, no English. Uh, no, he, what? I don't know what you say to me. Uh, um, and, uh, but I, I bought, I bought some sausage rolls and I bought some other stuff because I'm still trying to combat the stuff that I'm, and I think that's one area where I have to give sobriety some credit because, with having the the awareness towards what I'm feeling and feeling what I'm feeling as as terribly unpleasant as it is, I have the wherewithal to confront it, if that makes sense. I have the, I, well, I certainly have the ability and that's what I'm trying. So what I did today after my friends left and went home and I was, I was feeling in this mood, I was feeling down and I was feeling beaten by all this. I Googled every fr- every friend's Christmas episode. I, I Googled that to see which episodes the Christmas. And there's an actual list, a, a beautiful, I love the internet. It's a beautiful thing. It's 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 not just for porn, guys. It's, it's not. Um, but it, and so I went to Netflix and they have every season of Friends on there. And I would, I, I went down from season one, found the Christmas episode, season two, Christmas episode, season three. And I, so I've been watching Christmas episodes of, of Friends and it's been, it's, it helps, you know, I mean, Christmas episodes are, they bring back some nostalgia for me, you know, and, um, and that's a good thing. The pain, the pain isn't going to go away. The pain is something that I just need to accept it's there and, and it is there. Um, and it kind of sucks because it also helps to promulgate feelings of, of feeling alone. And like I said before, I know that really I'm not, I have a lot of really great people and I, I do, I could go to the twins place for Christmas and I, I'm just not ready this year 
to go and spend Christmas with anybody. Um, I I know that it it may be a good thing, like a, a you know it may may be something that I should do, but I, I'm not ready this year at all. It's just not something that I think that I want to do. Um, I know that I know I want to turn the lights out to the world, and I know that's going to be impossible too. But um, I'm 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 trying right in doing these little things, buying sausage rolls and little finger foods and whatever, and finding these episodes to watch on TV. And I have my present that my brother sent me uh, sitting under my Christmas tree still. So I get to open that, uh, you know. And then there's a, a bunch of houses that I live in a pretty affluent neighborhood, and you know, so these houses are decorated to the hilt uh so i can go and walk around there tomorrow and i can go and check out some some christmas decor you know and it's uh i'm trying i really am it's just not easy i because i i've these people in my life i miss them and it feels when i sit on the couch it feels like i'm being handed a book and it shows pictures of them when they were young, when they were wearing a Taekwondo uniform like Colin. And all they are now is snapshots in my mind because I'm never going to see their faces again. And yet I, I see their faces all too often in the worst way possible. You know, the night before last, I had a dream about my mom. I, I could hear her voice. And uh, and I, I remember searching in my dream, I was searching for her, but I couldn't find her. And she kept calling for me and I couldn't I couldn't find her. I, I looked around and I, I went into my room and I, my room looked like my childhood room and had the pale blue powder wall that for some reason I wanted blue. I think we had to paint light colors and I just chose blue and it was like a powder baby blue uh, for whatever reason. But that was my childhood, and I, she wasn't in there. And I went downstairs, and she wasn't in there. And then I was looking around, and then it was all of a sudden it was my house that I had bought with my with my girlfriend. And I was looking all through, and she wasn't there either. And my girlfriend or my ex of the time, she was there, but she was cross with me. She didn't want to talk to me, and I didn't want to talk to her. You know, I felt like she was invading my space. Like it was just, it was a horrible dream. And. That was the night before last, and then I and then this dream with Colin, where I, you know, it was it's terrible. It, it's so horrible because as much as the dreams are are twisted fabrications of my mind, my aching mind, there the emotions are real. The emotions are real, and the causation of those emotions are real because Colin's not here. Colin's dead, and I have intimate details of his death that I wish I never have, never had. Never had been given. I don't. I don't want them. I don't want them, and I have them. They're just they're in me, and I. I don't. I can't get rid of that. Same as I have intimate details in, in my mother's death, and I. Don't, I don't want them either. And I have intimate details of a plethoric number of human beings that used to be on this earth that aren't anymore. I have all them too. Some of them around Christmas trees, and I'll tell you right now, a dead body around a tree is nothing like a present. Nothing. And it's like those things are real. Those those feelings, those those emotions that I have towards it, those are real. So all I can do is try. 
by doing those little things, by because now being sober and having that ability to sort of push back a little bit, because before being drunk or at least having the ability to pick up a bottle, you know, I, I, it, I sort of fostered the growth of this negative stuff. Whereas now I find that I'm, I'm confronting it, i.e. sitting here right now, talking to you, talking into this microphone, spewing my guts out, being completely naked. Now I'm not naked for real. Don't worry. I don't want to torture you or scar you with that imagery. Be t- I look like uncooked chicken without a shirt on. It's not good. <laughs> so, I wish I was exaggerating too. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> oh jeez. Um, I fucking lost where I was now. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. Being sober, being sober in mind. I, I have a little more hoopsfah to fight back. And I'm, I'm trying, doing these little things. I'm trying, you know, I got a can. I bought a candle. I bought a scented candle. Getting in touch with my inner Martha Stewart, I think. Hopefully it doesn't mean I'm going to go to jail this season. Uh, but I bought a, it's like a white chocolate chip can. It's fucking delicious, by the way. Every time I light it, I'm like, I really could eat some cookie dough right now. Like, I, honestly, I'm one bad romantic comedy away from being a fat girl, uh, you know, who just went through a breakup with the worst guy ever. You know, I, I'm one pair of sweatpants away from calling my girlfriend and having a burn photo fest. And so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I would make a hideous woman, by the way. I barely make a, you know, general male, for goodness sakes. I, I've i always said, and I've, well, I've always been told, I have a face for radio. <laughs> so, yeah, I would be a tremendously hideous woman. That would not be, oof, man alive. Not good, not good imagery. Anyway, guys, that's, that's been how I'm feeling. That's my... That is my Christmas up to date. That's uh, that's how it's, it's been a seesaw. It's been an up and down thing. I, I am incredibly grateful for the the generous gifts that I was given today by the twins. Uh, I can't explain to you just how amazing that is. And uh, my brother's present when it when it showed up and I and I put it under the tree and that was the first thing to make it feel anything close to Christmas that I've experienced in probably six to seven to maybe eight years. So that's a huge thing. Uh, so John, if you do listen to my brother, if you listen to this man, thank you. Sincerely. Thank you from the bottom of my, you know, fractured blubbering heart, man. Thank you. I, I mean that wholeheartedly. Merry Christmas, brother. I miss you to death. I, uh, I wish I was out there, and um, I'm, I'm sure at some point I will. You know, I just gotta, I gotta get a hold on this sobriety thing first before I can start doing anything too big. So I appreciate you being there and understanding that stuff. I really do. Love you. And twins, oh man, you boys. I, uh, I don't know where I'd be without you guys. I mean that wholeheartedly. So if you're listening to this too, thank you. I love you guys. This is what I'm talking about. I have so many people in my life. I mean, yeah, I was about to go down a huge list. 
of, of people and just start thanking them. And, uh, and, you know, that would take too long. And I've been rambling on for about 40 minutes anyway. So it's about time I shut this thing off and call her, call her a night. If you've made it to this point, if you've made it this far, thank you very much. Um, and I, I, I'm sorry that I didn't have anything a little more jovial to tell you. I'm, I'm trying to work on another episode of Not So Serious. I'm trying to remember some some things. I'm trying to make them Christmas-themed, but I, I, Christmas wasn't really ever super funny in my family. I can't really recall anything very funny that happened in, at Christmas, so I'm just going to have to tell you more about my ad, rambunctious adolescence, I think. Um... But I, you know, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna call her I'm gonna call her quits here. I'm gonna say Merry Christmas. Uh, it's Christmas Eve, guys. Go be with your families. Stop listening to my irritatingly annoying voice and uh, and don't picture me, you know, like uncooked chicken. That's I don't want to torture anybody. <laughs> uh, go be with your families. Go uh, go be with those who love you. And know that you are loved. You are loved. And you are appreciated. If I've never met you and I don't know you and you're hearing my voice right now. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening because it helps me feel not so alone. So thank you. Sincerely, thank you very much. Anyway, guys, that's it for me. Take care. Be well. Keep talking to each other. Merry Christmas.